1: Than tomorrow, well, as we're recording this on on Wednesday evening, Toronto Maple Leaf players are now required to report for medicals. You know what that means?
2: Roman Pollock's back. <laughs> no. Oh no, he didn't sign.
1: No, and, and no, no PTO, no, no nothing Her, to keep him around. Back. Another team took that took that off, that <laughs> took that bullet. I will say, took that bullet, but.
2: It's, Andrew Nielsen's elbowing people in the face.
1: Oh, we'll we'll get into that actually. That's one thing. One thing I do want to get into because we did have some Leafs hockey to kind of kind of prepare us. It, it the one thing I like about rookie Tournament is like it, it's like a soft soft opening. Like you know when restaurants do the grand opening but they do a soft opening before, just to kind of yeah. feel it out. That's what the rookie yeah. tournament was like for me.
2: Yep. Well, it was cool because I mean last year we were covering it. This year.
1: Yeah, we this... didn't have
2: funds to go down to Laval. so...
1: I mean, funds-wise, we could have probably made it work. Would I have yep. done it? Probably not on my own dime, unless yeah. I was getting a vacation out of it. But in Laval, <laughs> I chose Boston instead, so... That's why we didn't record last week. Last week, I was in the great town of Boston. Which chowder me. and being wicked awesome. The, oh, I, I nailed that. The clam chowder, you had the lobster... Uh, we went to the TV Pops garden. Days. We went to Fenway Park. I, you didn't go to the garden. I, I walked by the garden. I couldn't go in. They were doing... Uh, oh, man. The, it's so weird. Doing,
2: doing garden maintenance?
1: They're they're building, like... A, I think the guy who was telling us was, like, a hotel attached to it. Or they're doing something attached to... the Like, it, it, everything is so close. This is the one thing about American... Most American cities is if you go to like an older city like boston it's all integrated into a community it's not like here in toronto where it's like all corporate like it's all housed like there it's like apartments and houses toronto yes there's condos but there's like office buildings it's part of the corporate scene when you when you think about toronto sports have you ever been to boston austin should have asked that first
2: i've been to a lot of places i've been to florida in the states and that's uh
1: it yeah, that you're you're in the same. And where we boat.
2: stopped off, and we went down to cover spring training during
1: classes. We That's didn't, it. Apparently, we didn't go to Kansas. That's a little. Uh, hos- stopped
2: in. We stopped in Erie, Pennsylvania, and.
1: Uh, oh, that was fun.
2: I just he- see why Connor McDavid got out of there so quick. All respect to Erie, but oh crap.
1: Um, we went to where was that? What was that restaurant called again?
2: The. Uh, uh it was a Golden Corral.
1: Yeah, the Golden Corral, where you could Erie. have fried chicken at 9 a.m. in the morning.
2: If America does something right, it's food.
1: No. Uh you know what? I okay, certain things they do with food is good. Um beer wise I wasn't impressed. They're not unless you go with the stuff that's brewed in the city. So Boston You're going to get into
2: you're going to get into a big fight here about the American versus Canadian beer. I can no, already no, see no, no,
1: no. Ameri- even America, some Americans will say that our beer is better. Um, it's a pretty lopsided battle, but some people are still fighting it. But the Sam Adams brewery tour that was my one of the one of the top i mean not the top spot because going to fenway park to watch a pearl jam concert was probably the highlight of my trip but the sam adams tour was pretty good too free you got to Mm -hmm. taste beer for free um so i i mean doing it right they do it right there for for most things for certain things they they they, They get drunk
2: they do things pretty well
1: oh do they get drunk uh, I have a funny story. I, I You know, we, <laughs> this kind of leads us into the hockey talk eventually. but Interesting. Um, All right. um, We were walking from this awesome place we went for dinner where we got some clam chowder and lobster. Lobster. Like, lobster. Yeah. um, And after, so we were walking back to where our Airbnb was. We were like, you know, you know, The Departed, there's that scene where the shrink saw, anytime there was a sh- uh, scene with the shrink, was mm-hmm. like that that building, concrete building. We were right across oh. the street from that, so we were right yeah. right down there in Boston. And so we're walking back. Uh, we were walking back to the uh, walking back to our Airbnb, and this guy, I thought he fell off his bike. So I hear someone like fall off the bike, and I'm like, "Ouch!" I was gonna check to make sure they're okay. Is and it the Dan O'Charo
2: with his giant weird bike no. riding
1: habits? No, because I heard the guy yell like, like he swore, and like in a way that you could tell <laughs> he Boston was in, does. it Does you can tell the way that he was intoxicated, and so yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna leave that one alone, which I did, and we walked back. But uh, no, I mean when people and and I, I find this, you you don't get a, you you don't get a true sense of appreciation of you know how much they take their sports so seriously there everyone there you couldn't walk around Boston without seeing someone in a Red Sox caps Red Sox cap like Red Sox is the number one undeniable number one team in that city and around the state like
2: yeah, pretty much everywhere <laughs>
1: um like I the Red wore sox are like, king. just to give you an idea, I wore my Leafs hat in Boston. Like that, I wore that hat because that yep. hat in my Weeps. game sweat, and I thought, "Oh my god, I'm gonna get shot, or someone's gonna like try to pick a fight." Nothing, nothing. No. Yep. And the other reason too is because there's quite a few people traveling to Boston for this concert, and quite a few Canadians. I saw Leafs fans, Sens fans. Apparently, there's Sens fans around still. Uh, we'll get into that yeah, as well.
2: The only place you'll get in trouble for wearing Leaf stuff is. Montreal and probably Philadelphia Philadelphia, Philadelphia.
1: for problems Philadelphia you can't wear anything but the team's stuff yeah you will get that's a place where I got I get scared I had uh,
2: my my cousin said he he went to school in Ottawa so they traveled down to Montreal often and he was in a bar wearing a leaf jersey and they physically removed him from the building
1: yeah because I mean... they
2: were worried about what would might might happen I would assume or Security was just being dicks. One
1: of the two. I was gonna say, what year was that? <laughs> because depending on the. Year, uh,
2: it was probably it was when they Leafs sucked.
1: So what? Why would they care? <laughs> like I don't. It's
2: just the rivalry, man.
1: Yeah. Um. No, it's just. It, it it is a good city. I recommend. Like, there's a list of cities I have I want to go to. Boston was one. Chicago's another. New York, obviously. Out in California. Uh, like there's a list of cities I want to go to that's something eventually I have to have a reason
2: I, I wore my my Leafs stuff I went to Ottawa last month and nothing no issues
1: I mean there's probably more Leafs fans than Sens fans I was going to wear my to
2: Taveras uh, I have a shirt with Taveras on the back of it just because I got caught up in the nostalgia of the signing I didn't oh, wear that you weren't so the only little, one to wear right? well I had this whole idea of, excuse me Whole idea planned out that I would go take a photo in front of the Canada 150 sign and at Parliament. Yep. With my Tavares shirt on. <laughs> but then my uh, my girlfriend and I had, were too busy doing other stuff, so I never got to do it.
1: That's too bad. Um, let, let's get into one thing about Tavares. I mean, he, uh, I think when you, the only thing other than, no, once he signed, the only other questions around Tavares was was he going to be the captain and my only criticism about how this whole thing went down Kyle Dubas made it clear in that interview with Bob McKenzie that they were not going to have a captain Mm -hmm. why did they not in that press conference go out and say naming captain is not a priority for us probably not going to happen this year so we can put that to rest because what happened it became the number one and we've talked about it we didn't talk about it in great lengths that other sports radio shows had to because wasn't much else to talk about but it was such a high debate topic that just it flamed out mm-hmm. and it could have flamed out a lot easier, a lot sooner if Kyle Dubis, and I'm not blaming Kyle Dubis for this at all um, but this could have been easily shut down if he had just come out and said, "We're not, we're not in a rush." Um, and I, I think he kind of implied that, but they didn't really set it down like this season, no captain, we're not in a rush. And and my thinking too now is, you see this, what's going on here, and now Montreal, they just trade their captain Max Pacioretty, and they're like, "Yep, within a couple weeks, we're gonna have a new captain." And I'm thinking to myself, why? Why does Montreal want to do that to a player right now? That organization has they're, so many problems. It,
2: why? Because they're going to cue the obligatory Jonathan Drouin captaincy because he's French.
1: You, you're you you're saying it's going to be him? I have another uh, They'd
2: be... Uh, they'd be... Uh...
1: Gallagher? Mm,
2: I don't know.
1: And... He's, he's like...
2: I mean, he's one of the more prominent forwards on their team, but like Drew ends French. He's probably the star of the team. Uh, you're not going to give it to Shea Weber. Maybe you give it to Shea Weber. Who knows? I mean, when your captain, a captain is not
1: even going to be around for the first how many... How long? He's out for a while.
2: Yeah, it's the thing. You're not going to name a captain who's going to be out till Christmas. You don't even see him in the sea. So. Or maybe they do. Who knows? I mean, he's got the most... He's probably their most Talented player, he's definitely the biggest name on their team now, other than Carey Price. Um, but you can't give goalies the captaincy.
1: That would be the worst because I don't think Carey Price, like, would if, want it. If Carey
2: Price wants the hell out of Montreal, he, he should or,
1: want the hell out of Montreal because yeah, he's going to get shelled this season. Oh uh, like, I think about it. His eight-year contract starts this year. I don't know what team is going to want a ten and a half million-dollar goalie. I think it's ten and a half, um, ten, ten and a half. Like I don't know what team would want that. Uh, that would have the room for it too. Not many teams can afford a goalie to pay their goalie that much. They they can't even afford to pay their goalie six, seven million, let alone ten, ten and a half.
2: The Montreal's incredible, and I said it on Twitter, but our our friend Omar, a uh, winning habit is going to have a real. Rough time finding content for an entire season.
1: Hey, you know what? I had to deal with that. How many years? Two years ago, when the Leafs yeah. were bad. But so. you could
2: talk about the Marlies at least. Like they're they're in trouble, man. Like it, they don't have a good AHL team. Their NHL team is going to finish bottom five. That, that and their prospects true. aren't that awe inspiring because and is probably going to make the team now because you need to center so badly.
1: My, my counter: Yes, yeah, so you can talk about the Marlies. Not many people are going to read Marley stuff. They want to read Leaf stuff. But the thing about Montreal is they create so much drama on their own. I yeah. think they're going to be fine.
2: It'll work the nonsense, but it's just oh my goodness! It's incredible the and way they just trade away. They trade away what? Patcheri, Suban, Sergachev. Who else am I forgetting?
1: Well, it started with Suban. It's um, Suban,
2: Sergachev, Gelchenyuk, Patcheri. Yeah, we're the four and didn't acquire a prominent center for any of them. Nope. That's
1: incredible. Um. Not only that, like... Um, and the Leafs
2: drafted a number one center and then signed a number one center. I was going to say, Both
1: and in that time, the they never drafted. Enough. the only, Their best draft pick, they traded away in Sergitav.
2: Karkaniemi is a very good player, but it's he's got to prove himself because he was not ranked highly by anybody other than Greg button in the draft. That's true. So he, I don't want to say he's a reach cause he's an extremely skilled player and he was a lottery pick for sure. The way he bounced up late, but, uh, I mean, he and Barrett Hayden just because they were sent the top centers on the board, got drafted a little higher than most people expected.
1: That's true. Um, I keep forgetting that Arizona made that pick.
2: Yeah, Barrett Hayden at 5 overall. Kotkaniemi was completely fine because Barrett Hayden was taken at fifth overall, which was a reach.
1: Yes. Because
2: he he isn't a top 5 offensive generator. He could turn into it, for sure. But they drafted him because he's a really good center uh, defensively, and he's really mature for an 18-year-old. That's the main things that everyone said about him coming into the draft. So well, we'll see. I don't know. But positional need was the reason those two went so high. And they were gonna go high anyway, but it was probably like from ten to fifteen, they were both gonna be gone if a team didn't jump on them, which both had
1: that happen. Exactly. Um, okay. I wanna shift uh shift gears a little bit. Do you wanna talk about the uh, the centers video now or are we leaving it till later? Hey,
2: can I tell you a terrible secret? Oh god. I still have not watched the video.
1: You have not okay, so you're Andrew Berkshire right I... now. Refusing I to haven't watch watched
2: the video it. because I saw that it was released and immediately under it, somebody said that they spelled Mark Borowiecki's name wrong. We're like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that's supposed to be the, the keynote speaker of your franchise, you can't even, you screw his name up on the nameplate.
1: Okay, so this is very easy. I, I encourage you to watch it.
2: I saw, I saw the Tim and Sid spoof of it and I've sort of gotten like a synopsis of what's happened, but I haven't seen it
1: with my own eyes. That is the most bizarre thing. I have ever watched on Twitter the what most. is with
2: uh, what is with Canadian teams and doing things at 10 11 o'clock at night this week Pat already got traded at like nearly midnight
1: it's <laughs> it'd be, no you don't want want to know the reason why they think they do it at that time now okay the uh, Vegas Habs trade is a little different because Vegas there's a time change yeah um, not enough though to justify doing Their it at one o'clock in the morning. Them. Like, granted, Ottawa's yeah. thing—they send it out at that time. Who the hell is gonna want to a care about it and watch it? That, a lot more people than they were hoping, because that thing got picked up so quickly. Um, I mean, Sportsnet. we're, we're At Sportsnet, we're we when I'm working the desk uh, as a freelancer, I'm look we're looking for that stuff. So they 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 missed the ball in the fa- in terms of. They could have... They, there was no prior notice to it. <clears throat> so it just came out of the blue. Um, Melnick did not let Boryeski have a word, like enough, to justify having him even in there. Yeah. Um, and like now, I've seen this. That was sort of like a state of the franchise sort of video and probably the worst yeah. one I've ever seen because your owner That's is so. clearly delusional. But... You and do half look, your
2: fan base doesn't want that owner in power.
1: You, and, and you look at how other franchises, like the Blue Jays, when they do those sort of things, it's not – like was not bringing up uh, – let me try to think of a equivalent to Mark Porietzky on the Blue Jays. Um, ooh, that's going to be a tough. Who's a plug on the Blue Jays? It's not – I mean, Russell Martin still can play. Like, he's – Troy No – He's not a plug in that, like, I'm like a terrible that, player. Like a, okay, this is like having Darwin Barney do a Q and A with Mark Shapiro. That's what we got. This is
2: basically like having Frederic Gauthier do a Q and A with Kyle Dubas.
1: There's that's a good one. That's a good one. It just, why it doesn't? It makes zero
2: sense to have this person talking about the franchise, even though Frederic Gauthier is a very smart man obviously He is actually uh, Harvard to go to the so. NHL.
1: Um, yeah. I so I, I mean, I'm going to tell it, and anyone listening to this, if you have not watched the video, I re- I encourage you to, despite what other people might think, because you have to. It win sounds it. so
2: cringy. I just can't.
1: You ha- you know what? you don't even have to watch the full thing. Just watch enough, like the whole the video. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna spoil the beginning. He literally yeah. Boreski starts. All right, let's talk some hockey. Not a, hi, what? this is Mark Boryetsky. I'm here with owner, Eugene. none of that. Just right off the bat. Let's talk some all right, let's talk some hockey now. It's like, well, what were you all guys right. talking about before the video started?
2: It started just like a, all right, let's get this over with. My yeah. boss told me I had to be here.
1: Like, it's such a train wreck. I would encourage you to watch it. Um, okay. And that's why I don't want to go into too much detail because I do want you to watch it. All right. Ready for some drama? The Toronto Maple Leafs announced their training camp roster.
2: Oh, I thought you were announcing breaking news. Okay, no, never mind.
1: I have none. Oh, there is some breaking news. I wish would have come while we're recording. Maybe it could come while we're recording. Yeah, the night gets young. But the Toronto Maple Leafs have announced their training camp roster. And yep. in order to be to be on the training camp roster, you need to have a contract with the Leafs, either a PTO. Entry level AHL, ECHL, some sort of contract with the Leafs. Because I I was confused at first when I saw the goaltenders and Joseph Wall wasn't there. And I forget Joseph Wall does not have a contract and he's still in the setup. Sort of yeah, so he's uh, entry level. So that 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 threw me off a little bit. Um, yeah. it's also a reason why certain. The only time you see those guys is during development camp because you don't need a contract to go to development camp. Um, but a player that's name wasn't there, and for good reason, because he remains unsigned, it's William Nylander. Are you worried? Yep. No. No. And, and you know what? <laughs> I sorry, I don't have any. And I'm not, <laughs> and I'm not gonna put to put this to the point like, in a way that I'm worried because I'm pretty sure Kyle Dubis even said they were willing to go a couple days into training camp to sort this stuff out. The two questions I have, though, is how is this not done yet, considering you've had how long to sort out this contract? And two, how far into training camp are you willing to go to allow this contract situation to play out?
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's tough, cause, how, Yeah, it's exactly what you said. How, why is it? Why are we at the point that we're at? Where training camp opens tomorrow, and we're worried about uh, a top six forward not reporting immediately because he doesn't have a contract, not because he's holding out. This isn't the NFL. We're good.
1: Yeah, this but. is. That's that. Uh, let me put it that way. It's not that Nylander's holding out. It's just that. He can't report to training camp without a contract.
2: He's probably in Toronto. He's just not able to be on the ice.
1: Well, um, Chris Johnson he be, said he was still in Sweden. Chris Johnson said he was in sweet still in Sweden, a couple of days ago. Okay. Well, he's probably a training then. And yeah, I mean, look, these he guys will... are, are on Somebody the ice constantly. Kind of like
2: when he comes to sign in Toronto, so we'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that's. That that's the part. Sorry, I'm looking through the roster while we're doing this. So go oh, you're on.
1: looking through the roster <laughs> now. that have, yeah, I haven't so looked have at the yet. Now. It's
2: been a busy
1: day for me. So. Uh yeah, you went golfing today, didn't you? For I heard you uh,
2: No, we uh we actually had a new windows put in the house today, so I've been running around uh, helping with that and painting and whatnot. So. I see. Maybe tomorrow we'll be able to golf, but we'll see.
1: Um, but th- this is this is the tough part because yes. I think they had quite a. I just wonder, and, and now there's this report from Darren Dreger. Now I wanted to read this to you, Chris Nichols. Uh, people, like analysts, get mad because he basically takes their words, writes a short little post, gets some good clicks on a website. I understand the issues that come with that, but that's the reality of people wanting to see, you know, wanting this stuff. Um, yep. But this is what if he you're going to
2: post content, that's likely going to get reused somewhere. Yeah. In aggregation sites or something.
1: That's um, how it is. This is the quote that he uses. But there. this is from Chris Nichols. Uh, Nichols on Hockey on Twitter. Uh, I'm talking about... And I'm pretty sure TSN 1050. Let me look at them first, considering that that's where the source of the conversation was Jordan, from.
2: Burton Subban is wearing 46 in camp. How dare he?
1: Oh, he took the Polak number. That's cur- That number's oh. is. Like, it's like when when I can't remember who I think it was Cody Franzen that took twenty four. I think or who the first defenseman that took twenty four when Brian McCabe left. Then people are like, oh, that number is. Tar- no, that I- was
2: that was Frogren that first took his number.
1: There was that he one. You're going to I think uh, number three, and when Dermot had three at one point, um, from my, I think he had three, that got some. <laughs> you're like and oh. he,
2: he had twenty three, and how dare you besmirch the memory of Ryan O'Byrne? I mean, people... I could go all day with these.
1: Uh, I'm trying to find this. Where Connor Carrick's is... wearing, wearing eight.
2: You're just crapping on Ackieberg's legacy. Way to go! Uh, yeah, um, I'm excited. Uh, one of the people that I saw was going to be at camp is Owen Lalonde, was a top five pick in the OHL um, entry draft a couple of years ago. Okay. So, he was playing for Sudbury, which has been a wasteland the last little bit. Because they are extremely famous for drafting top picks who don't want to come play in Sudbury.
1: I mean, yeah. Uh, Jake has been very anti-Sudbury in our conversation, so that wouldn't surprise they me. Draft,
2: well, like, I'm sure if I went through like a year-by-year history of guys that were drafted and either were traded or, yeah, were traded because they didn't want to play there or just didn't work out, and I'm sure there'd be a good little list, but mm-hmm.
1: uh, all right. Let me yeah. let me let me read this quote because this is just keep us on the Nylander stuff. But there are others not leaf connected, so let's emphasize that part. But others around okay. the league that think that his ask might have been around eight million or higher, which of course isn't going to happen. So this is my issues with with the statement. I think that was. And this sound like I'm not saying like this is a bad quote. Like, this is something I can see Drager saying because I've heard him say this stuff before. So, A, this is not coming from a leaf source. This is not coming from his agent. This is not coming from somebody who's close to Neilander because that's how they usually, that's how insiders work most of the time. And this is, but others around the the league think. It's not they know, it's not they've heard, they think. But my question to you is, is that $8 million actually something we can actually believe is what Nealander's asking for?
2: I mean, it's really stupid on his agent's part if he's not asking for it. I mean, it's just the simple thing of the business now. You, you've scored 60 points in your first two seasons in the league. Uh I mean I guess the recent bar that said is Leon Draisaitl whose arguably stats are a little bit skewed due to the fact that he plays with this one scrub uh I don't know Connor McDavid
1: Oh, that that uh, that bum
2: Yeah that that nobody um and he got 8 million dollars for playing with side Connor McDavid even though he's a center so Kind of makes sense that Nealander would be asking for that, seeing as he's playing with Austin Matthews, who's not as good as uh, McDavid. Obviously, we're not going to even get into that argument because it's going to go nowhere. Uh, McDavid's the best. McDavid's number one. Go team. Um, but yeah, Nealander, 60 points in his first two seasons. I mean, he's he's stupid to not be asking for that amount, especially since Martyr thinks he can get 10.
1: I mean, that, and that was another think... that was another Drager thing too with the whole Marner 10.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you've been listening around, you sort of, he's, c- certain people have an amount that they think he's going to be signing for, and I can't say I argue with them because it makes sense uh, due to his comparables.
1: Okay, so this is, this is where I, when I look at how the Leafs have handled contracts the last couple years, especially looking at Riley and Kadri, two players um, I think so Raleigh's was off of his entry level and Kadri had done the bridge deal Mm -hmm. two kind of different situations but similar outcomes they took a little less than what they're worth basically because they haven't and the only reason why we say they took less than what they're worth because at the time they signed the deals they weren't worth what they got now at that time. But then they proved to be worth that. Did that make sense? Basically they played, uh, yes. they, played, they played to the point. Their contracts were betting on. We know you're here. You can get there. We're not reaching too far. We're not shorting you at all either. A good compromise down the middle. Not even hometown discount. It's more of. We know you can perform at this level. You might exceed it. But even if you reach somewhere near well, that, you're good.
2: Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's a bet on yourself contract if you go for a bridge deal, and you know your abilities. Andreas Johnson's doing it this year, where he signed for shy of eight hundred grand.
1: Yeah, T- not even taking I the mean, qualifying offer. the qualifying nope, offer well, would have been well, more. Would have gotten a million at least, wouldn't he? Yep.
2: Uh, that's just, I mean, it's team friendly if you want to call it that, because he probably would have been paid. It's a small sample size, but he probably would have gotten a mil and a half, two mil, I would think. For
1: I, that would, yeah, that's a guy tough. that's
2: playing your bottom, uh, bottom six. I mean, guys are getting paid way more than that for less production and,
1: and this, less results. This is where the Zach Hyman and Connor Brown contracts really help set the bar for the lower, yeah. like the those those guys. Um, but that's sure. why you do it. Um,
2: yeah, you need you need to be able to get those good contracts, and Andre Johnson is going to be a good contract this year for sure.
1: But um, for,
2: for Nylander, I mean, it's it's sort of like what Mike Babcock said when they were talking about uh, when Kadri, before he signed this recent deal, Babcock uh, was quoted as saying, we basically want players to make us pay them the money they deserve.
1: Yeah. And
2: that's Nylander is making the Leafs to pay him the money he deserves, regardless of if it's, I don't know, six and a half, six mil, or if it's eight mil. He's one of the most productive wingers in the league alongside one of the up-and-coming centers in the league. So there's no way he shouldn't be paid that money. It just, I, a bridge deal doesn't seem that productive for Nylander unless you're just looking to make as much money as possible for two years.
1: Yeah, and this is where I was going to go with it. So he has a couple of choices. Um, not many players. Uh, I'm trying to think of, see, th- this is tough because there's you try to think of comparables, when you go through things like this. When we look at contracts that were signed recently, um, everyone points to the Pasternak and uh, Nikolai Ehlers as the two contracts that can properly compare to what Nylander should get. But the question really becomes, um, does Nylander want to do what Pasternak did, which is... I mean, Pasternak is it was in the same situation where he withheld himself from camp. This was more of an aggressive uh, withholding, and eventually he got he got a good deal. But you look at the deal now; it's like he kind of got shortchanged a little bit. But you, your rights as an RFA are not the same as a UFA, so you you kind of are you're kind of in a bind at that point. But yeah. When you look at, I'm gonna pull up the Passadac one because I think that's a that's a similar situation. I think. Uh,
2: yeah, I'm just uh, just once because I am just putting in cap friendlies.
1: I got it right here too. Uh, it's so a, yeah, so he signed a six-year, forty million dollar contract that paid him six point six six per year cap hit. Uh, he got a good signing bonus when he did sign it. Um, he he's doing really. Um, he doesn't have many other signing bosses. after that. He does get a good base salary um, out of that deal. So he out of his this was out of his entry level contract. He was how old when he signed it? Because age plays a factor too. So he's twenty two right now. Makes yeah. se- which makes sense because he went into the league. because um, he was drafted. Man, I gotta go through this. Okay, so he was drafted. First round, 2014. 25th overall. Good God. Um, That's good drafting right there, (laughs) I'd have to say. So, 2014, he gets drafted. He's in the NHL right in that season. Um, Puts up 27 points. Puts up 26. And then 70. Yeah. So, he doesn't have those productive years the first two years. And then, whoop, jumps up. I think a lot of that was playing with Patrice Bergeron, but still, 70, 70 points. Only at, and he got six point six six. That's a pretty. I I would say, that's a good deal. But now you look at Nylander. This is two straight years of him putting up sixty points, and he's looking for. Yeah. I, I I can you can make the argument now that he's actually worth what Pasternak got and maybe a little more just based the two... on. Oh, sorry. And I just want to make one other point. The reason why I think he might be worth a little more is because look who he's playing with versus what a guy like Pasternak is playing with. Pasternak was playing with two established players and Bergeron and Marchand. Nylander was playing with Hyman and Matthews and Matthews, is obviously a top end talent. But not at the full potential that he it can get to. He hasn't reached that, you know, top end talent yet. They're still young. They're still developing. It's not like Nylander was playing with Tavares. Like let's say, he, this would be a perfect situation where it's not like he's playing with Tavares, putting up X amount of points, and you're like, okay, no, he's worth a good chunk of change. This is he's playing with a younger guy, still establishing his game. Was still putting up 60 points that's yep. where i think you could say he's worth a little bit more because he hasn't fully reached that potential because his line mates haven't either mm. um, yeah so
2: uh, um, the easiest comparables to me are definitely Ehlers and Pasternak who recently signed their contracts yeah similar production similar uh, Age. Players, I would say, other than the quality of talent, obviously, Pasternak plays on just a world-crushing line with Bergeron and Marchand.
1: Least fans saw that firsthand.
2: Yeah, um, he plays on arguably the best line in the NHL. I don't think it's even arguably; they are the best line in the NHL. Just as a three-man unit. The... Um, and I mean, it's not too far off for Ehlers. He's either going to be playing with. One of Shifley or was he playing with Stasny during the playoffs? Uh, Stasny's not with
1: him anymore. But I, I don't remember who he was playing with. But yeah, I would say that he was playing. He was, playing, he was, was a top six winger. I remember that. So he was feeding a gold machine. Uh, bottom. So his the top six. Yeah, I think Stasny would have been. It would have been either Stasny or uh, Little. Yeah, uh, the one. And he was two.
2: playing with Patrick Linea on his wing who's a, probably a top 15 player in the league now.
1: Yeah, he's a he's a top-end goals even oh. top 10 goal scorer in the league.
2: Yeah, it's similar. They're playing, each player is a similar type of player and puts up similar numbers up until last year and plays with a top-notch player on their wing. So it's easy to make that connection. Nylander, he's going to ask for eight. He'll probably get in the neighborhood of in between Pasternak and Ealers, I would think.
1: So this is, and, and the reason why I think that would be the right way to go is because he's. Uh, I know Nealander, uh, is in a little bit of a different situation. Obviously, his con like he needs to sign this contract. He's not like. Um, I think Ealers. Ealers and him and Ealers were the same draft. Correct. And Euler signed this contract beforehand.
2: Yeah, Euler's uh, was taking two picks after Nylander.
1: Yeah, so Nylander Before, is. Go sorry,
2: ahead. the pick after Nylander.
1: Okay, yeah, that's right. So Nylander is twenty-two. He's gonna. Yeah, he he's twenty-two right now. Um, same age as Pasternak. Um, my thing is, you pay. It, this is not the only time he can get paid he's 22. He signs, let's say, a six-year deal. He's going to be 28 when that deal is done. Would, yeah. Should he be really worried that after six years when he's 28, he's not going to get another deal?
2: If he keeps the production up, he's going to be paid way more money on the next contract. And that's Because he'll still be in his prime.
1: And I think that's the point maybe the Leafs are trying to sell him on, and that's probably the point that many people are seeing, is that you look at a guy like JBR who just signed for uh, what uh, 7 million for seven years or seven years, uh, five years, seven million oh, no five years, seven million. Right. Yeah. So you can still get paid. If you're putting up production, a team will pay you. Um, his agent is probably arguing on the Leafs against the Leafs on this is that, look, my client knows what he's worth. Why not just pay him that now so that when the next deal comes, you're not, we're not gonna have to go through a, a bigger song and dance when the second contract comes up, because the second contract after the first one is usually the tougher one. Either teams really do a bad job, I would say. Like, if I had to do a comparable, like you look at um, when. Jordan Everly signed his... Con- like The Oilers you know, did all those six years, six million with a bunch of their top... Uh, with their first-round picks. And then people like, ooh, maybe have been a little bit too early with some of those. Or you get a guy now who's... like a Pasternak who's only getting paid 6.66, but he's p- producing at a guy who could be like a, a $9 million player. It's just... Some it's just the way I guess the business goes. <laughs> so, um, I, that's probably the the number one storyline. If he's not signed, I'll give me a look. We're recording this at almost eleven o'clock on Wednesday night. He's still not signed. How long? How, how long would you fair, give this before well, really though. people start really drilling Kyle Dubas and Mike Babcock about this?
2: When's the first preseason game?
1: Actually, I have it right here. The 18th
2: uh, first preseason games. Uh, yeah, hometown hockey. They're doing on the 18th. So that's not. It's a preseason game, but it's probably going to be just like a bunch of the rookies playing.
1: Yeah, the first ones usually like ease the team. It's a community rank game. They're
2: just gonna they're gonna throw it, whoever. They'll put like one or two guys out. Other than that, like Hyman and Brown will probably play, and those will be the biggest names in the lineup. I would watch uh, them throw all of Matthew's martyr Tavera's, just all of them out there <laughs> to beat the Suns.
1: I would I would watch agree team. with that one.
2: Technically the next night they play at the Canadian Tire Center, so the nineteenth, next Wednesday. Yeah. So they have a week to get Neilander. I think once the preseason games start to get going, that's when Leaf fans are gonna start to get a little testy with this.
1: I, I think it's gonna be earlier than that. Because we
2: yeah they're already they're already testing because they are every every day stuff on Nealander so it's it's perfectly understandable he's one of the best players on the team
1: let's not forget it's it's not a
2: situation where he's going to sit out
1: no let's not forget uh team reports for medicals tomorrow or Thursday Friday they're up in Niagara Falls for the weekend
2: yeah they're. Yeah, they're going to the.
1: So maybe uh, that, maybe when they return from that and he's still not around, that's where you can kind of go, mm, okay. I mean, this is kind of getting a little. But Kyle Dubis, I give him a lot of credit. Cool as a whistle. Yeah, like
2: he's not going to just. He's, he's smart in that way because if Neilander's asking for eight, you can sweat him out for a minute. Without making him upset, it's just the nature of how you get negotiations done. And don't forget, Dubas has also been studying under Lou for the past two or three seasons.
1: And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, Kyle Dubas used to be a manager, uh, an agent. I'm pretty sure he got his agent's license when he was working yep. in the OHL. He you knows his way around
2: a negotiation.
1: Let's all, and let's not also forget. Um, somebody mentioned this to me. The agent may have may be able to keep a player from you know, let's let's wait it out a little bit. But in the end of the day, they're serving a client and if that player is just like, let's get this done, the agent can't just go, Oh no, no, let's wait, 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 wait. Eventually, yeah. if you're you do that too much of an agent, as an agent, you're gonna be like, Uh yeah, maybe I think we gotta go with someone else.
2: Agent wouldn't do that either because you're leaving his commission and money for your family and yourself on the table.
1: There we go. Bingo. It's
2: not the best interest of all parties to sit out unless you have a really, really good, like unless a team's just nickel and
1: diming you. Exactly. And I don't think that's the situation. I think it's one player thinks he's worth this. The team thinks, you know, we're close, but I think you're really worth this. I don't think it's a case where I'm just trying to
2: find a good middle point.
1: I'm trying to think of a good uh, middle, like a good example where teams were just so far off. I would say, Mark Stone with the Senators when they did arbitration, yeah. That but those are
2: arbitration as well. You just throw and throw a deal out there. So when Cody CC asked for what five six million in arbitration this year. Yeah, he's barely worth what the arbitrator gave him. All due respect.
1: So Nylander actually, he could if he wanted to do arbitration, could sign a one year deal. I think he would have because um. Cap Friendly has it that um, eligibility for salary arbitration depend on an entry level signing age and professional experience. So, 18 to 24 years professional experience. Um, so, he would just need one more year of professional experience before he can go for arbitration. Yeah. And we're seeing that that's becoming more the norm now. More more so than in past years. A lot, quite a few teams have been able to get around it, but. We've seen some more high-profile cases go to arbitration. Yeah, for sure. Or and get get settled way before, like they they know. Oh, we're getting close to arbitration. Let's get this done because you don't want to have to deal with arbitration.
2: Yeah, for sure. And he's
1: yeah. he's gonna sign at some point.
2: It's just a matter of when.
1: Yep. And okay, I think we've beat this Neilander contract stuff to death. <laughs> It's the biggest news. It is the Leafs' biggest news um, because it's the most relevant right now. Teammates don't seem worried, which is a good thing. Um, They know what's – I think, like, let's, let's be real here. These guys know where the team is at. They're talking to Nylander. Nylander's probably telling them, giving them an idea of what things are like. So that's why they can be cool and calm and collective about it. Let's talk about another contract situation. One that hasn't, it kind of, this is fine. this one kind of flew under the radar. I'm going to write about it um, because I feel like it's flown under the radar a little bit. Hasn't gone a lot of the press right now. It will during the season, but that's Jake Gardner.
2: Oh, yeah. That'll pick up as soon as Nylander gets signed, like the day after.
1: Yeah. So, Pierre LeBron had a report, a tweet a couple weeks ago that he talked with Um, Prat Brisson, who is Gardner's agent. I'm going to just verify that. Um, That's easy. Twitter search. Um, Pierre Lebrun. Uh, Okay, I I had the tweet. Oh, Oh, here we go. So yeah, Gardner's agent has spoken to Dubas about a contract... But we haven't been given any indication whether, you know, they're, they're really uh, looking to get that done. Hmm. Do you think this is something that the team is going to leave hanging throughout the season?
2: I mean, they probably will just for the fact that most players don't want to negotiate midseason.
1: Um.
2: In that regard, yeah, they'll probably just leave it, but they can't in another sense because they run into the same problem they have with JVR and Tyler Bozak and Leo Komarov this year. It is this big back and forth the entire season of whether or not you trade them or let them walk and use them in the playoffs, and that was the big thing with JVR at the trade deadline. Yeah. Um, and it's going to happen again with Gardner because, like it or not, he's one of the least best defensemen. And, well, he's like I said, as soon bad. as Nylander's yep. done, the focus is going to immediately shift to what is going to happen with Gardner. And it's going to go throughout the season. Every time he has a good or a bad game, it's going to be another story on him. It's going to be... It's never a dull moment in Leafs land, unfortunately. Well, good for uh, news sites. But uh, the constant rhetoric of listening to that is a little difficult.
1: So, if you're the Leafs... Are you like, are, are you in a position where you feel like you have to try to get a deal done, or do you think they're waiting to see how this season plays out, and maybe they think if Dermot takes a step, if somebody else, you know, can fill out that bottom pairing, do you kind of go, maybe we don't have to get Gardner signed? Do you think that's in their thinking, or do you think? We want to get Jake back, but maybe we're trying to figure out how long we want to do it and what the dollar – like, this is like a year where if he has a good year, this solidifies, Yep, we can pay him X amount for this amount, or do you think they're like – we're not sure if we want to keep him, so let's see how he plays.
2: Uh, I think they definitely should wait, as you would do with Gardner – uh, to let Travis Dermott prove himself, because he only had, what was it, a 30-game
1: audition? Yeah, very, so, very s- short sample, small sample size.
2: Just a little bit over a third of the season. you got to give him a full slate in order to give him a chance to see what he has. And a lot of people, including me, believe that he's an easy guy to replace Gardner with. I just He does the same things. I think he's got a lot of offensive upside in the NHL level, and... He can do, I think his potential is a lot higher than even we think it is because we don't quite know what he's going to be at in the NHL level. Will he be just a bottom-pairing guy that's above average and good, or is he going to be a guy that can be a top-four lock? So you got to give him that chance to prove himself, and I think if he does well, then Gardner, uh, the situation becomes a little bit easier for the Leafs to just
1: can I Can I also add another player that can really determine how Gardner's future goes out? And I think that's Timothy Lilligren.
2: Oh, absolutely. Especially since he's a right handed shot, which the leaves are probably why part of why they drafted him, also because he dropped so far in the draft. But, but that didn't hurt.
1: Yeah, my but the reason why I bring up Lilligren is because if you're losing a guy of Gardner's caliber, you need <laughs> to find a way to replace it. Now, I don't expect Lilgren to replace that right away, but if you're bringing up Lilgren and they're being, they're most likely gonna take the season with the Marlies. He may come up halfway through the year, depending on how the season plays out. It could be like a Dermot thing, and if he plays well, let's say he, I mean, we know Riley and Gardner are gonna get the power play time, but let's say in the Marlies, he proves to be a very good power play guy. That mm-hmm. that solves, I think. That gives you a better indicator indicator of maybe maybe Lilgren and Dermott. We put them two together and see how it goes next this the season after. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but it's something that I thought about, and I'm like, you know what? This is why you should wait on Gardner on signing Gardner because you overpay for Gardner. You give Gardner a big deal. It affects your top, your forwards, and the money you have for them. You yep. take away an opportunity for a guy that might be better or more suited for what you need. Obviously, we know Jake's Gardner's more of a for sure. We know what he is, um, and maybe that's why it's easier to say he they should just bring him back. I understand that, but if you bring up a guy like Littleton through your system, he's done it right. He's Checked all the boxes. Why not? yep I feel like the the way Jake Gardner's he's improved, but still making the same mistakes that we've seen throughout his tenure. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't argue that he puts up the points, fifty points. That's not something that most defensemen can do in the NHL. So
2: it's not a question. I mean, we've said it before. It's not a question of his skill on the ice because he is extremely talented offensively. He's one of the best skaters on the Leafs. And he's shown the ability to play defense. It's all in between the years with him. And it's something that's been very obvious for a while. It's just you never know what kind of Jake Gardner you're going to get on a game-to-game basis.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's... The brain cramps, the brain farts, whatever you want to call it. That's what, that's what defines him. It's not just yep. his skill, but that's the thing. That's that's the thing with being a defenseman. It's not just what you, you the skill you bring. It's the decisions that make, you make. It's how you handle pressure situations. He hasn't excelled at that yet. He's he shows he's a very talented. He's a good skater. He's he's a good passer he you know from the point he's good at setting up those redirects but when it when the pressure's on and we've seen it he doesn't shine like you want to see a guy of his caliber shine
2: yeah and a lot of people are gonna go back to the one game against Boston and that's easy picking so honestly it is. But, um is. I mean he's He's a staple in the power play, he does a lot of things right and people are writing him off after one game. And if you're willing to do that, then pretty much every leaf on the team should be written off. Because everybody has a bad game. It's just he had a bad game at the wrong
1: moment. And you know what? And you can tell it's not like, oh, you know, I'll get over it or he was visibly upset with himself. He took and a lot of heat for that.
2: He took it on the chin and that's I was uh, I was as mad as the next person at Jake's mistakes. As a fan of the team, you have to be upset because your team just got passed from the playoffs. But immediately after that game, what immediately gained my respect back for him was that he spoke to the media and completely owned up to what he did and took it like a man. And that's that's all you can do in that situation. You're going to take your lumps no matter what, but the fact that you said you were sorry or owned up to your mistakes, that's what makes the
1: man. Yep, definitely. Um,
2: Can I just go back to Lilligren for a minute? Sure. um, Another thing we don't really talk about a lot is that we have guys like Nylander, Marner, Matthews, um, who Matthews and Marner both came up uh, with two years or three years full left on their entry-level deals. Lilligren's now burned the first year of his entry level contract in the AHL. Did he? Uh, oh, hold on.
1: I don't. No, th- never mind. I don't think he has because this would have been his first. No, he so He's. It, oh, it's, we're good then. It slides, so you can you can get that. Right, right, you can slide right. it. So that's what happened. So he signed it. So the entry level slide.
2: I'm, I'm in the AHL for some reason. That's that's. On.
1: Okay, so if you want me to explain it to you, just so, I mean... don't I, know, no, something... no. we're,
2: we're good. I'm just, I had a brain fart there for a sec. I, I gardened it. Um, uh, but, I mean, unless he blows people out of camp, out of the water and camp this year, he's he's not going to make the leaps. Nor, I don't think the Leafs are in any position to rush the guy. It's not, the, the situation is not that dire, especially since you have a couple guys that can play in your top four that aren't all necessarily top four players, but they can beat
1: her. Yeah. And one more thing uh, I can, I can tell you about Lilligrand too, is if he doesn't play the full season with the Leafs, yeah. his contract slides again. It, okay, so it, 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 it does, get to a, it does get to a I'm, certain point where, so long. <laughs> yeah, like a guy like Dermot who is older, his contract can't slide when he's in the AHL. When you get to a certain age, I think it's, when you're 18 and 19, you can uh, you can have that slide. But when you turn 20, nah, it doesn't. Well, you know, it, that's
2: that's what was messing me up is I didn't uh, I wasn't clear on the entry level slide for 18 and 19 year olds. Okay.
1: Yeah.
2: That's basically put in place for the um, sort of the European guys, I guess, or because CHL guys can't make the jump right away. Exactly. Or older CHL guys. can't. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, but Liljegren shouldn't. Yeah, make the team. I mean, if he does, I'm not going to complain. But
1: I'm. A, but I've already. I've already made the case that you let him dictate. If he, he's,
2: yeah, if he's ready, he's ready.
1: But I. I would. I'm more on the on the line that if he's even if he's ready, he has to be exceptional. It can't be. He's shown some good things. No, he needs to show. There's going to be no chance of because it can it can we've seen it before. Luke Shen is the best example where he had a couple good games and then it just fell off a cliff. And it was no like it was so mishandled. It still bothers me how that was handled. Um, It's it's like
2: defensemen and goalies really taken.
1: Seriously, when it
2: comes to their development, it's not like forwards where you just pot a bunch of goals and you can get called up. Defensemen and goaltenders, there's so much more to the game that needs to be developed. And I'm not shortchanging forwards because obviously there's defensive responsibility and whatnot. But if it takes an extra year for Liliagrin to get to the league, then so be it. He needs he needs to get that extra those extra reps in the AHL.
1: Yeah, and the Leafs are not counting on him either. Well,
2: I mean. Best example Look at a guy On that same Marley's blue line Andrew Nielsen Who looked like He was going to be A stud after his Last CHL season And he's just It hasn't been there uh, It wasn't there Last season I mean His first oh, Let me just Pull up the stats Real quick His First CHL season He did really well And then Last season He didn't play as much He had 26 points I believe I... Off the top of my head Yeah 26 points In 65 games Oh my god, he almost finished with hundred and fifty penalty minutes on the
1: season. Yeah, that's just that's a huge issue in his game.
2: He's a guy that plays a little too close to that line and very often crosses it, obviously.
1: Yeah. We saw and that was probably my biggest takeaway from the rookie tournament was yeah. it's Well in, in seventy four
2: games sorry, go
1: ahead. No no go, ahead. you go, you go.
2: Just in seventy four games in his First, yeah, his first full AHL season, he only had 82 penalty minutes in 74 games. So, that's fine. It's still a ton of penalties to take. But it's nothing compared to nearly... Or, uh, a little bit short of twice that amount in 10 less games. That's insane.
1: Yeah. This is, this is a big year for Nielsen, I think.
2: Uh, he... Didn't do great in the rookie tournament because in no.
1: that
2: game I didn't really get to.
1: The... he was he was very over like I watched he was very over aggressive um he's it's tough I saw, I, mean, I
2: saw one play on the breakout where he just sort of circled his net he wheeled and then just sort of stopped flat at the face-off circle and passed the puck and turned it over in his own bl- inside his own blue
1: line that that's like a case and and I think you put it right in that. You think a guy is like, oh my God, look at this guy! People were ready to put him above Travis Dermott, and look what ended up happening. I, I was like, I was one of those guys too.
2: With leverage in 2015 and 16, yeah. almost a point per game player as a defenseman.
1: Yeah, that's like,
2: that's insane. Like yeah. Evan Bouchard was a top five pick in this draft, and he had uh, over a point per game, but it was like 81. <sighs>
1: But and you wonder how does a guy like you no know, how does a guy not get picked when you, if people are like oh how is he a third, and then you kind of realize that There's parts of his game that you get pat you look past the point totals and you're like mm, okay, like he he would why, be a liability it, in the it, NHL. The,
2: the reason he went where he did when the Leafs took him was because he had 24 points that season,
0: and in 60 games he had 100 penalty moves yeah.
2: and a minus nine. I mean, that 70-point season he had, he had 122 penalty minutes. So it's not like he's just sort of developed this this edge. He's always had it. It just fluctuates depending on the role he plays in the team.
1: Yeah, and and he takes bad – and not just rough, like, the you no know, the aggressiveness of his game, but he also takes bad penalties because he gets caught in bad yeah. situations too. So there's – there's the two sides of that. I'm not going to totally crap on the guy. He's still...
2: And, I mean, a lot of it is probably fighting majors, I would assume. He's, not, he's a guy that drops them. Um,
1: actually,
2: let me look it up real quick. Uh,
1: sorry, keep, keep going. I'm bearing this out. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was going to ask you next, which is the, my next question. Uh, who's a guy you're looking forward yeah. to watching during camp?
2: Uh, Andrew
1: Nielsen had seven fights, so that's uh, <laughs> okay. thirty-five on its own. Oh, okay. There not you go. Being
2: instigators and
1: whatever. Oh, that you know, too. Yeah, on. the instigators. So that's an extra two for not every fight. His, is.
2: First, his first season with the Marleys, he only had two fights, so he's he's really started to pick up, just deciding to fight whoever, whenever, just nice. on the side. Um, I mean, the easy pick is everyone's flavor of the week, Semion Derkachinsov. Um, I I love him, and I my last piece for tip of the tower was on SDA. He's going to be a stud, and he proved it in the rookie tournament. Or he's going to be a very skilled player. Whether or not he makes it is all up to him, because he needs to fill out and he needs to just keep developing every year. Um, Pierre Engvall is another guy I'm really looking forward to seeing. That's uh, just not forward. The guy I want to see on defense is Jesper Lindgren. That's probably the guy I would like to see the most. Is he going he, he to be there? Yeah, he's listed on the roster.
1: Oh, so, I thought he was still uh, would have been in Sweden.
2: Well, there was there was some leaks on social media that he was doing like uh, Promo. social media taking photos and stuff for HBK, I believe, which is the team he played for last season in Liga. I mean,
1: the, I mean, his team uh, is not going to say, "Oh, you can't go." No, that.
2: because the Leafs are definitely not going to have a talent like his sitting in the press box if they're not going to play him. They're going to send him back to Europe and sign yeah. him into another ATL at the end of the season.
1: I would rather send him to Europe now than send him to the AHL or ECHL. At least there he can if, play against. The
2: ECHL, like, I don't even think it's a possibility for a guy like him, even though he was a fourth-round pick, I believe. or He was definitely outside the top three rounds.
1: Which is unfortunate. Um,
2: But he he's an underrated pick. He's just small, but he can produce a lot of offense. So, I mean, he's a guy to definitely watch out for. And he it's another guy that is just getting caught up in the Marley's numbers on defense. Yeah, it's a massive first game. Holy like
1: like, look, there's 25 defensemen. Yeah, um, I would say who and
2: half of those will be cut after a couple preseason games. But then they'll go down to Marley's game. Yeah,
1: because you look at um. ECHL contracts, AHL contracts, amateur tryout, like you got Yeah. Uh, like you, you got a couple of those there. And they don't have any PTOs this year. Not yet. It. It but it's still it time. Can, it can still yeah. change. Eight Goldies is gonna be oh. at camp, which is holy hell. Like long. we could
2: go through the cuts right now if you wanted to. <laughs> I <can tell laughs> no, I we can save that
1: we can save that for next week because their first round of cuts won't be until I like, say after the first couple of preseason games.
2: But it's going to be – it'll just be difficult for him to make the team. So I don't – I'm not surprised he was doing media over in Finland yeah. because
1: he, – He's preparing uh, himself for that.
2: They still have Laverde. They might have Hull. There. They're going to have one of Borgman, Rosen, or Hull. Possibly even two of them in the minors.
1: I am i am looking forward to seeing Borgman. He's a guy That's that good. I'm – you know what? I, I, I liked his size – he was somewhat decent skater, but injuries an injury, I think, cut his AHL season short. I think playing with Roman Polak was too much for him, unfortunately. Um, but I wouldn't mind seeing a guy like Borgman because if he can play penalty kill, we I'm thinking to myself, and I wrote that article, I don't know if you read it, about Riley and Hanzy. they need Wait. someone to play the penalty kill pretty bad. Yep, and Borgman's
2: a guy that can do it. I don't, I don't know what the plan is with the Leafs' blue line. It's that six spot is up for grabs, which is a good thing. And I,
1: I would say, yeah, I would say five and six are almost like Dermot's going to have to earn his spot. Like it's not going to be given to him. Um, it's it'll be fun
2: because I mean,
1: I'm it, looking forward it, it'll to It'll be that fun
2: battle. for us because we watch the Leafs. Who it won't be fun for is the guys. those three guys is going back
1: down. Sorry, you kind First, of cut out a little no, bit no. there. <laughs> oh, sorry. Am I good? Yeah, no, we just had that weird beeping sound. Sorry. I didn't. Oh. It really was loud that time. Um, But I would say wait, go ahead. So yeah, it's going to be fun for us to watch, but I mean, it'll be
2: fun for us to watch, but not it'll, it won't be fun for the guys that are fighting for those positions in the NHL because yeah. one or two of those three guys is going to get uh one or two of uh, Rosenhol or Borgman is probably going to end up in the minors. You have Jordan Subin, who just got signed, who's going to play top four for the Marlies. You have Vincent Laverde, who was massive for the Marlies in the playoff
1: run. Yeah, Laverde is... uh if I'm... He, He's a guy... I, I don't know. I think he has goals. I, I don't know, really, his waiver situation. I don't know.
2: Um, But Martin Marincin... Could be another guy that goes down. Nielsen's another guy that's going to play in the AHL. Igor Ogannov is could end up there, depending on how it
1: shakes out. Yeah, this is that was going to be my question. It would or go to he he seems really set on playing here. He it's not like where if he's not in the NHL, he's going to bolt back to Russia. No, because
2: it's he was playing for. A, it's not like he was playing. It's not a Zaitsev situation in that regard. Because he wasn't playing for an SKA Saint Petersburg or a CSK Moscow. No,
1: he one was playing. He was playing for CSK Moscow.
2: He was, but like when he last season he played for. Uh,
1: oh okay.
2: The team was, but it wasn't one of the like major powerhouses in the league. And they still own his rights. So, would you rather play in the NHL, possibly the AHL, and still get some shots if a guy gets injured, or would? You risk going back to Russia and not getting another contract.
1: I'm. Uh, my... I don't know.
2: It. It's going to be interesting. Oh, the one. Sorry, one more guy I didn't mention the AHL battle. Sean Dersey's is getting a lot of hype because he's an older than Rasmus and He's an overager, so there's a lot of talk surrounding him.
1: That, that was going to be my question. So he's not eligible to go back to the O. Uh, what is he? 20, he's,
2: what, 20. 19? he's 20. Nineteen.
1: He's 20. Oh, he's going you, be, sorry. He's going to be twenty on uh, October twenty first.
2: So I believe you can go back to the CHL, but there's a limit on overage players you can have, and I believe that's twenty-one year olds. Okay. So, so he can play his twenty-year-old season, so, but if he's skilled enough, then there's really no point.
1: Actually, the way I know it, I know he can is because Mac Holowell. He's kind yeah. of expecting that he might go back. Uh, yep. He played with he played in the Sioux as well, so that might comp. He you know he could he's most likely gonna go there. Um, I would say Jersey, if he's not gonna play a lot with the Marlies, is it worth? That's, that's it?
2: The, I don't know. Or I don't think the ECHL worth it, man.
1: You're like yeah, you're you're really not on the ECHL. I I think it would be okay I, if you. I'm fine with
2: like those. Like mid-level, not even mid-level, but like guys you're hoping could turn into something.
1: Jersey is someone and, that you're hoping you're putting kind of a high hope on a little bit because he was a, a second-round pick. Yeah. So, um, uh, I would
2: just rather send Jersey somewhere like if he doesn't make the HL, I'd rather just send him back to the O for a season because it's not like he's going to regress. He's going to be a top-two defenseman on.
1: Owen Sound if he goes back. Yeah, my now the last one I have, Rasmus Sandin. I'm of the yeah. mind that you send him to Sweden.
2: If they're gonna give him playing time, then yeah,
1: absolutely. Because that was the issue in his draft year is he wasn't gonna get playing time in Rogel. He needed yeah, that playing it, time to it, showcase himself. Yeah. And that's why he went it, to the Sioux
2: played five games, and then got permission to leave for the OHL because he wasn't playing. And he went there originally, which is what makes sense, is why he might go back to Robo because his brother plays there.
1: True. Yeah. Uh, That's good so for there,
2: So there's a genuine link there, for sure. Um, but it could make him early, who knows? It's uh, it's all going to get sorted out in the next couple weeks. This is where it gets exciting for us. Um, Let's I'm... say you played for CSKA Moscow. What? Hold on one second, Sorry, right, I'm just looking at those
1: again. Yeah, he did play for CSK. That's what I. That's
2: jersey with the. A... Oh, I need to play for Moscow. Who am I thinking of? Uh, I thought he was loaned to somebody. Oh, that was way back. Sorry, that was severe. <laughs> Jesus, sorry, that was years ago. Okay, yeah. so it is a tight situation. Yeah. Boy, I am on the ball today.
1: Eh, you're not doing too bad. Um, First
2: the content, now the Moscow thing. Jesus.
1: <laughs> All right. Then <laughs> I mean I'll be fired this. the show. So goodbye. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about the Danny Green thing that he said about Kawhi. And I'm, I'm wondering if we're playing, t- if we're getting to that situation. I mean, Raptors fans are kind of feeling a little insecure about Kawhi because of what everyone's saying about him. Do you do you have a thought on that? We went
2: we went deep into leaf talk there, and you just went hard pivot. Into the truck yeah, right?
1: because I'm thinking <laughs> I'm thinking like we've what else can we say about the Leafs? We we can dissect this training camp roster as much as we can, but I would love to. But yeah, if you want to talk Raptors, that's cool. <laughs> I'm, I was just about to, you know I'm, what I'm cool talking. Let's so, let's, um, let's leave the Raptors to next time. Uh, yeah, we can do a
2: full on the Raptors. We have.
1: Somebody we'd like to have on to talk about the Raptors. Yes. So wait. that would be lovely. I think we if do. We do. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Wait, who are we thinking? Of? Do you mean do you want to say?
2: Uh, not at this moment because we don't have a date set up.
1: Okay, sure. So we have. We'll announce
2: it when we do have a date.
1: Okay. Oh yeah. Stay tuned. Um. Okay. How about this? That was my bad. Bad hosting on my part. Um. Do you have any final thoughts? Because I don't want to keep people too long. Because this is getting a little long. I mean, that's usually how it goes. We had some good discussion, though.
2: McAdam going to be the starter of this team on opening night.
1: Pardon? Okay.
2: Eamon McAdam. He's gonna. He's gonna be the starter for the week on opening night.
1: Book <laughs> okay. uh, it. I'm. 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 I'm thinking. McLeaney is going to have Babcock's. Like Babcock will give him the benefit of the doubt, it's his job to lose. Sparks he's already
2: got mask painted, so
1: Sparks cannot oh. and I repeat, he cannot have a bad camp.
2: Speaking of Sparks, oh my god, do I want him to be the least backup? No disrespect to McElhenney, but his, his paths, have you seen them for the season? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> it's some absolute heat. So that's like that's second Trevor Kidd, I would say. Ooh, Maybe first, that, debatable. That's, that's like some, the most. Heat I've seen that's some good height. On
1: that's some good pick. That's some good grace you're giving him right there.
2: But they are. well. he is—he is probably some of the best goalies I can. So you gotta let it fly. He—he he did the Trevor Kidd pad last year, actually, or the year before that. Was it the year? It was. Uh, no, it was the year he debuted with the Leafs because he wore them when he had the shutout.
1: Yes. Yes, it was. Oh, we're going back, oh, way back.
2: Yeah, the good old days. Yeah.
1: Yes, those days are back. Apparently, we'll. S- I'm. We're gonna leave our season predictions. Uh, I want to have. I want to see right.
2: one preseason game against the Sens, and then we can talk about the Stanley Cup. Parade.
1: With the way I want this to go, with our yeah, with our season predictions, I hopefully will have our guests, one uh, different set of guests that we can hopefully have for that. So um, we're gonna
2: have a lot of to get, though. So get ready
1: yeah, to- we we do have guys I want to come on. It's just a matter of getting them booked. So we'll, because they have they have their shows, they have their work that they're doing. So as I said before, that's that's the tough part. I always say, um, I I don't. I tell these people, we're not in a rush. You guys have work to do. We're not going to make... No. We have no... They're
2: important people. We are less important people that still have a job to go to. Exactly. (laughs) So it's a little difficult to know. All
1: right. Um, With that being said, and that stupid buzzing noise coming back in my headphones, I hope it's my headphones and not the listeners hearing this, so I apologize if that's the case. Um... I want to make the last effort. Well, not the last effort. It won't be my last ever trying to get Austin Twitter followers, but underscore Austin Owens on Twitter. You can follow him there, his great hockey takes. They're very great. Oh,
2: is he over there? You're making me blush through the TV. Um,
1: you might hurt. see some tweets about trying to get some swag from the score. Which, I'm your guy. Uh, apparently, if you need some swag from the score, give, uh, give Austin a, a shout-out.
2: I don't know if it's public yet. I got an email today saying the score had launched its apparel, so that's pretty much the universal sign that yes, it <laughs> is. So,
1: it's I apologize public. to the score if I, I messed up. Well, hopefully by the time this podcast oh, no, comes no, out, no, the store's up. we're good. Okay, uh, thank God. Let
2: me find out where the <laughs> thing is if you want to buy it. I can plug my, my lovely employer's merchandise right now.
1: Go ahead. They allow, uh, are allowing you to stay on this podcast with me, so the least yeah, we can do.
2: Shout out to them for letting me have... Terrible takes and less than stellar remembrance of how basic contracts work in the NHL. <laughs> God, I'm an idiot. Um, it is on Represent.com, and they have a bunch of t-shirts there for the score. They're uh, range from twenty to twenty-five bucks, and the teams put together some pretty solid designs.
1: So, oh, it's portable. So, and FanSite it has some swag, but. I, I haven't been really big on getting that out because they don't have any tip I stuff tip out. Tip of the Tower hockey
2: jersey yet? This is bullshit.
1: I'm not happy about that. Um, <laughs> I. But you can you can submit entries for stuff. So if somebody wants to do one for tip, or I may have to do one eventually. Just be like, screw it. We'll we do need it.
2: to get Tip of the Tower hockey jerseys going, or like shirts at least. Exactly.
1: Um. Yeah, and you can follow all of our. We're gonna have. I'm gonna try my best to keep you up to date with training camp stuff. I know James Reeve, our hockey guy, uh, will definitely help you with all keeping that up to date as well. So just follow the, us on tip of the tower with all that stuff. And yeah, we'll have we'll have some Raptors top, Raptors talk coming up soon. Uh, Kawhi has his first media conference scheduled. I think the twenty oh, crap, um, a twenty fourth. I think it's when media day is. So somewhere around those lines coming up soon. So it'll be interesting to see what he has to say. And, uh, yeah, you guys enjoy tra- the opening of training camp and hopefully some hockey talk with the Leafs, which I can't wait to do more of. So please subscribe to the podcast on, your, uh, on iTunes and Google Play and all of those great places you can get your podcast. And we will catch you next time.